Check. Check. How the hell's everybody doing tonight? We are Barrier Dead from Boston, Massachusetts. And I want to see some fucking violence. Today, we talked about Cover Your Tracks by Barrier Dead. So grab your camo shorts and your Tom Cruise movies, because it's time to get in the pit. Welcome to Get in the Pit. I'm Oster. I am Isai. Uh, we're a podcast about metalcore, mallcore, everything in between. Post hardcore, scene metal. Yeah, probably some hardcore dashed in there for. Yeah, we'll dash in there if there's if there's fucking metal riffs. If it's terror, <laughs> if it's hatred or terror. Yeah. <laughs> um, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I got up. I went. I went to a show last night. Took today off work. Popping an 11 a.m. dog. That's how you know it's good. And yeah, I'm just off work today. So hell yeah, hell yeah. It's always a fun time. And so yeah, a little bit more about us is this is yeah. We said a metalcore podcast. We're gonna break down some huge albums from a very specific time in metalcore, especially to us. Like this is the kind of the peak where it just seemed like every other week or every week it's like oh it dies in ace coming and the darkest hours here oh poison the wells here so it was a crazy time for everybody that liked uh tight pants and moshing yeah yeah um it was definitely my uh intro to to hardcore um it was definitely my foray into the more more punk music uh but it all started uh with with the mosh with the moshing the moshing music music for moshing yeah so if you used to put uh a bandana around your face and fucking flail your arms during an atreyu song this is a fucking podcast for you yeah this is a show for you um we might talk about some new stuff eventually um but mainly yeah we're just gonna stick to i don't know like our guns (laughs) 2000 to 2015 maybe somewhere around there maybe maybe earlier than that but yeah there's there's a lot i got an excel spreadsheet and i've got with a bunch of bands and albums and i've got uh a bunch of uh more on my phone that i'll put in that entry takes a while that's why people get paid to do it um yeah and so this will be fun time as oster will go back and listen to these and I will just continue my listening habits as they are because a lot of these are still in the rotation for me. Yeah, like Avenged Sevenfold. No, not like Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, we there's a lot of good stuff, but there's a lot of bad stuff. And I was into a lot of the bad stuff. Oh, who wasn't though? I mean that was just like the, the signs of the times. You you have a swear word in there, call a girl a bitch, and then you have a mosh part and I'm yeah. just literally just thinking of uh, Romance is Dead by Parkway Drive. Oh, I thought you were talking about a mirror. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, but today uh, we're talking about Barrier Dead, which is, I wouldn't say a bad one. This is what I still, like, I still listen to this record. I mean, I this whole this whole podcast started with me uh, mowing the lawn and listening to it and talking to you about them. This yeah. was the, the impetus for the idea of this going into my head. 
Yeah, and so um, we have a rubric. We're going to yeah. grade this track by track and rate these things, rate these albums, these releases, EPs, whatever. Um, and we're going to give them a score. And so, yeah, um, I'll go over the scoring system. So we've got Mosh Worthy. Uh, would, you, would you still Mosh to it? Um, which I have to... Or would you mosh to it? Because, I mean, I wouldn't mosh to a lot of things at this point in my life. Um, like, I saw Angel Dust last night, and there were rumors that they've been playing a TUI cover. And if I heard a TUI cover, I would have moshed. Um, the last time I moshed was February 2019, or 2020, right before the pandemic when I saw Ceremony. And uh, I punched some teens because... I was there. I remember that because I just looked over. I'm like, oh, there he is. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't mosh a lot because I'm old and I never moshed a lot, really. You was never a big mosher. Yeah, uh, if if a local band covers Hatebreed, I'll see you. I'll see you in there. Uh, I, I I was a big mosher, and you were, and I I haven't done that in a while. But if something if the mood strikes. Like I'm not like one of those guys. I'm in mass retirement. It's like no, um, I'm just old and I just got to pick my spots. I don't want to go home the next day hurting. Like, uh, my our friend Murphy mm-hmm. playing a band with them, brother-in-law actually. Um, we saw every time I die a few years ago, and like of course, like we're old. Like I think we're at this point, like we're late twenties, early thirties. Um, I'm we still are there, but you know it's been a few years. Time is weird for me right now. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and of course he just like gets hurt, hurts his ankle, rolls his ankle, has to miss work. So yeah, uh, we can't do that like we did like when we we're at nineteen or twenty nope. where nothing mattered. Nope. Um Yeah, and then the next one is repeatability. So would you listen to it again? Do you still listen to it? Stuff like that. Um the the next one is does it hold up uh musically, lyrically? Um, this is going to be maybe the most fun one to talk about with some of these bands. Uh, yeah, this one, that, I think this is going to be the one that I think like 80% of the bands are going to have the lowest score. on. Yes. Yes. Uh, the aesthetic does the record cover fit the vibe of the band. Does when everything... they were... Yeah. I was going to say when they were touring off of it, like did they fit the vibe? Like I remember the band Emory doing a tour <laughs> and like they had like a Western esque like album art. And so they, they dressed in Western ass costumes. So it's like, if they're trying to create that kind of vibe, do they follow through or is it just a, is it just, you know, nothing? Yeah. Um, and then influence, uh, can we hear the band's influence today? Um, which may be more for Isai, uh, because I don't know. I I can think of some things or how influential was the band, I guess. Go, yeah, not even going through today, the years. But yeah. Did they influence people to like play music or did they um can you hear like their influences across other bands or even did they influence people to get into other music? Are they a good gateway? Yeah. Like yeah. to other things. Like how influential were they in that aspect? So a couple layers to that onion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, do you want to get into it? Let's get into it. Okay. Let's start, uh, with just a overview. What's your, what's your history with Bury Your Dead? Where did um, you first hear them? 
I mean, I'm pretty sure I heard them like on a victory record sampler. Um, and of course, like Santa Mosh was a really big, like a big deal. Yeah, I want to bring it back. Oh yeah, to like to people around our age, having Santa Claus Mosh to bury your dead was like in a Walmart parking lot. Yeah, that was just like peak, like seventeen or sixteen year old, fifteen or whatever. How old we were us? We were just like that's so cool because like. For a lot of people, especially at that time, like they're getting into that music and it's like you just like want to just like you just think it's the best thing in the world and it's going to change everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just want to just mosh anywhere. And so like just seeing that Santa was super cool. And then I remember I saw them for the first time for whatever reason. We just me and Murphy really wanted to go to the show. We went with a couple of our other friends and um, it was them and the Acacia strain. And Scars of Tomorrow was supposed to play. Okay. And it was like in December. And we drove from Caldwell to Boise and like it was snowy. But we still wanted to fucking go and watch that show. And that's, we did. And that's early in both of their careers, right? Like Very the Acacia strain? Like that's yeah. so early. Um, and so, um, yeah, that was my first. And then from there, I'm just like, I fucking love this band. Hell yeah. I think the first time I heard them, I must have been with Brian, who drums in your band. Um, it was in, um, I have the date, it was, uh, sorry, it wasn't December, it was November of uh, 2004. Damn, that was, this record came out in October of 04, so yeah. right was, after, that's fresh. Yeah, so that was super cool, and yeah, I just remember just being super fucking excited, like, and like that show, like I had been to a few other shows before then, but like that show at that time, like to me it was like so much fucking violence. Even though there wasn't that many people there, um, it was a the place called the venue, which is where we saw most of the shows over here. Okay, okay. Um, and that room wasn't the biggest room, and but it like, was the best room. It was a great room, but it wasn't full. But everywhere was a pit. Yeah, like yeah. everybody was just like wherever they were, were just moshing at that point, and like kind of keeping your distance, like you did back in those days, <laughs> and just staying in one spot. Yeah, uh, I'm. I I've missed the stationary mosh, and so uh, yeah, that was my first one. Then after that, like any time they came around, which was a lot, um, I was fucking there. Hell yeah. a long moshing, except for once I didn't get a mosh, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the first time I think I heard them was in Brian's car and I was like, okay, all right, this is sick, this is sick. And then I don't think, I didn't see them. I think the first time I saw them was when you got out of the hospital. Really? I think that's the first time I saw them and it wasn't with their singer. Like it wasn't with Matt Brusso. And then, um, right. Because yeah. I saw them again with Matt Brusso. Yeah, so Brusso came back. But yeah, that would have been with Mike Terry. Yeah, and they played... I remember they had a set list full of like rant new songs, and no one was into it. And they they switched it up and just played this record. And that was that was at the venue. And I feel like that might be the last show I remember at the venue. Um, I feel like there was some more that were there, but yeah, that was there. Like, there's obviously a lot more at the at the venue. 
um, that they even played. I think there was a couple more. But, like, that was super memorable um, just because even then, like, when they were trying to, like, go in a different direction of a band. Mm -hmm. And, like, they were trying to hit that, like, Slipknot kind of half radio rock, half, like, heavy Mm -hmm. um, shit. Um, They knew that the fan base that they had really gotten that was going to come and watch them on those kinds of tours. I think Throwdown was also on that show. Mm-hmm. And like, I think a plea for purging was one of the other bands. Okay. Um, and mm-hmm. I just remember it's like they played one like one new song. Nobody did anything, and then from there they just like, okay, we're going to the old stuff. We're going as far back as we can, and we're gonna go forward. So, um, yeah, it yeah it rocks. Um, here's a fun game, real quick before we dive into the record. Um, I don't know if this is based off of my listening or not, but what do you think are their most popular songs on Spotify? Um, probably, um, I was going to say House of Straw. Uh, I'll go top like five, I guess. House of Straw. Yeah. Um, Color of Money. Hurting Not Helping, which is a new one. That's number one. Okay, uh, there's probably another new one. I forgot the name. Broken Bodies or Broken Body. There's, um, I mean, there's one called Without You that's a new one, too. Okay, that's, that's number four. Um, Top Gun, Color Money, Losing It? No. So it's Hurting Not Helping, number one. House of Straw, yeah, you got it, number two. Color Money, number three, you got that one. Without You, number four. Magnolia, number five. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. We'll get um, into Magnolia, too, because that yeah. one... That's the one. It 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 Yeah, we'll get into it. Uh how many monthly listeners do you think they have? Uh what, twenty six thousand? Eighty three. Oh, okay. That's yeah. more, that's more than I thought. Yeah. Um so yeah, let's okay. Now let's we'll, we'll get into it. So cover your tracks. Uh it's the second full length album uh by Barrier Dead. It was released October 19th, 2004 on uh, Victory Records. Um, all the songs are named after Tom Cruise movies. Um, and this was the first release to feature Matt Brusso. So they, yeah. had that, they had that first release. And then they kind of like just died. Um, went away for a while. It was like, you had me at hello. Got a new vocalist. Um, and so, yeah, from there, Brusso came in and it was on. Yeah, and God, he has the best voice for this. Like, yeah, just kind of like um, overview. It's like he was really good at what he did, and the guitar players knew exactly what they were doing. It's like, oh, we're just writing mosh riffs, so let's just write mosh riffs. Yeah, one thing about this record is it's not complicated. The only thing that is, is is the kick patterns. Yeah, it's built well, and isn't there a drummer from Between the Buried and Me? Yeah, so the drummer, which is insane, <laughs> coming into Barrier Dead, did the was in Between the Buried and Me, and recorded the Silent Circus. Jesus. So, um, dude had some chops. Yeah, and then just comes and comes and does mosh parts. It's I don't I listened to this record a lot, but I think this record is built for the live experience. Yes. Um, there's nothing really 
shocking about it. There's nothing you're like, oh, whoa, that's really good. There's just uh, just mosh parts, really simple lyrics, which are deeper than I thought reading them for this. Yeah. And also... <sighs> Everything's tone. so rhythmic. The like, tone. Like, the, the tone, like the guitar tone, like to me is so rhythmic that mm-hmm. it barely even has like actual note. It is, <laughs> it's just there to have like, uh, to just have that breakdown feel. Like, and it's just like, what are these different chug patterns we can do? What is this? What is this? And that seemed like instead of like, how, like, what about this riff? What about this riff? It was more so, what about this fucking chug pattern? Yeah, there's very little room if you're at the show for you not to move. It's like, it's like, okay, here's this, here's the two step part, here's the breakdown, here's the two step part, sing along here, there we go. And that's yeah. the song. And I don't know, it's, it's great. It's, it's perfect for, for what it is. It is. Yeah. And um, I listening to it with 2022 ears. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, this is a fucking mess. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, I think you'll be able to speak more musically. Yeah. Um, but like, at the time, I just thought it was the coolest sounding thing because, especially then, like now everything's very homogenized. Everything sounds almost the same. It's like if you're go if people are going to um like a certain producer, you know yes. exactly how it's gonna sound. Yeah. And so it's like you if people are going to Will Putney, you know what Putney's gonna sound like with that band. Um in this day, shit was like off the fucking Wild West. Everything sounded so different. Mm-hmm. And so um at the time, like it caught me off guard in a good way, and just because like I had never really dove into this style of mosh metal and i think they were kind of like um the torchbearers for this mosh metal i mean they were like when i think of this specific kind of metalcore mosh metal i think of uh this band and on broken wings yeah like and on broken wings for a while kept trying to rip off poison the well yeah that's that's so it's like weird weird moshy and then they'd have the random like melodic part i'm thinking of like i do my crosswords and pen yeah and it's like why but it's because poison the bow is blowing up they're the best yeah so that's a different episode yeah we'll that's get multiple in. different episodes yeah we'll get into them um also the record's the perfect length it does not overstay its welcome which 30 ish minutes it's uh 31 minutes and seven seconds yeah i and that's like kind of a set length too yeah and it's like with other other bands even bands i love there's a couple songs you can just cut you can do it your record doesn't need to be 45 minutes no um and especially for mosh and or or even like metalcore or hardcore you don't need to have that big of a track time mm -mm. like i'm sorry i don't want to listen to like 60 minutes of mosh yeah 45 minutes of mosh no like the Even longest then. song on this is four minutes, four minutes and twenty five seconds. It's risky business, and that's I think, it. I think it has. I think that's the one. No, 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 it's not. Never mind. All the right moves has like a really long silent part before losing it starts. It's weird, but the rest of them are, are like 
all under three. Yeah, which it should be. Yeah. And especially when things in this genre and this band and this record can blend together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of felt it like doing that when I was, I gave it a, I've given it a couple listens, like, yeah, intently. And like, I just imagine seeing this like on a, like, on a, uh, like you're recording it and you see like the waveform of it. And to me, it just seems like it would be for the most part, just like one, like if you just got all the music, just one solid thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. The parts that it does kind of have dips, I think make the biggest impact. Mm-hmm. And when we get into the songs, th- those are the ones that to me, like those parts are the coolest. And then it also makes the parts that come that are heavy sound mm-hmm. even heavier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's get into it. Let's start the night off right. This song's called Top Gun. Yeah, um, this is like top like five opening tracks on a record for me. Yeah, because like it just hits like the fucking like the first couple seconds of the riff. It's like da 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 da. Pauses, and then it goes into it, and it's just like from there you know exactly what you're gonna get. Hits a big two step. You just hear the fucking open notes, and then they hit into a breakdown like super quick into that as well. Mm-hmm. And. And an overview, this record's about two things, lyrically. It's about, I think, a singular breakup and a parent. A parent, I'm assuming a father that left um, when the kid was at a young age. Um, And this is the one that's about the father leaving. And what's weird about this is, like, when I think of mosh metal, I think of aggressive like i'm gonna kill you i hate you blah 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 blah. these this record is vulnerable yeah like especially for a mosh record yeah like this is i mean you read these lyrics and you're like and then you hear the music you're like i don't hear that this doesn't it seems like it doesn't make sense but it does and like i don't when we get into the other songs i don't think it's misogynistic I don't. It doesn't sound like it, like especially con- like when you go into some of the other bands that we'll go into. Yes, and you compare them, it doesn't have that same vibe. No, like a lot of the other ones, it does seem like, especially probably for like however old he was, eighteen to twenty-five or whatever. Yeah. Um, that he probably like had some shit and maybe wasn't dealing with a breakup very well. No. Um, and but I mean everybody like when you break up with somebody in that age, it's like the world's crashing down. Yes, yes. And also I think it helps. Apparently his sister helped him write a lot of the lyrics. Yes. Which, so there's the perspective of a woman, which is helpful in that whole thing. Yeah, it probably makes it so you're not gonna get like cry me a fucking river bitch. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why I'm like I'm stuck on Parkway Drive right now, but I am. I don't I don't know either. Um but yeah, like the song, the song's good. Yeah, it's a really good song. It is like you said, this band and this this record and this song, like almost specifically, is just built for like a live experience. It's built for the, a show. It's built for having people come and fucking stage dive, people moshing. It's like a giant two step for the most part. Yeah, except for the breakdowns, like it's built for, to fucking like burn some calories in the pit. Yep. Yeah. Uh let's move on to Vanilla Sky. Yeah, um it just like what I like 
something I like and then also dislike about this record is everything blends together really well, but it also blends together too well where it's like sometimes can be a one big song. Yeah. But it just keeps the energy going. Like when it hits like that next, like that first riff in the song, like, all right, cool. Like we're not, we're not fucking pumping the brakes. We're not having the clean singing choruses. We're not doing all this shit. It's just fucking go time. Yep. Yep. Uh, They fit as much as they can. Well, I guess they don't fit as much as they can in two minutes. It could be much more complicated than it is. Um, this one's this one's your typical road dog song. It's about being on the road uh, and losing a relationship because you're on the road. Uh, you're gone, and that's kind of your fault, bud. But yeah. um, <laughs> I just remember, like, I'm tired of crying, tired of sleeping, sleeping alone, alone. Yeah. and just thinking thinking about a bunch of like moshers just yelling along to that it's it's kind of funny and just like and i think this kind of just shows like some of the vulnerability that you didn't get in a lot of other bands especially if you look at like a band like throwdown um and like haymaker fucking just tough ass lyrics like you can't like like you can't kill integrity you know straight fucking edge like all this shit yeah and and this one it's like this dude's like you could tell that he's like going through stuff like, you know, tired of crying, tired of sleeping alone. But um, also like, um, where's the fucking lyric? I just had it here. I was pulling it up and my phone's been really bad today. Is um, it in Vanilla Sky? Yeah. Um, just because I'm so alone as a man, I can't miss home? Uh, yeah, there it is. It's just like stuff like that. That was it. Um, <laughs> and like, I just remember like singing along to that and everybody else would because it's like a big sing out uh, sing along like call out part that's in there yep and then just like kind of thinking it's like oh that's some kind of wild shit for a bunch of these like tough guys in camo shorts and fucking bandanas to be singing to but i think it like kind of touched on that like maybe sad kyle energy yeah um, that like before you put the hole in the wall um like they're crying a bit you know what i mean I do, I know exactly what you mean. It's like for like for all the bros out there, it's like you know you you made it to the ship, but then you lost the big game. That's another thing about this band. The outfit was camo shorts, a fitted a fitted cap, a fifty one fifty, if you will. I, I I definitely rock those, and uh, usually a, a, just a band shirt, or if you're in Boise, a BSU shirt. It was bro-y. It's like you love football and moshing. I do. <laughs> this band was meant for me. <laughs> Just underage drinking in the parking lot. Um, I didn't that, do that too much. I didn't really start drinking until like yeah. a bit later. But yeah, but like, no, I get it. I'm thinking of a few people specifically. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's just the vibe. And as we'll get into it, but they fit it well. Um, Mission Impossible. Yeah, and so Mission Impossible, it kind of follows the same uh the same breakup now. We're in the breakup <laughs> territory real bad. Yep. Um, yep. And then again, it's like it just keeps going with everything. It's still just like a, a good mosh song. And so Yeah, there's there's one song on this record where it like it breaks it up. Yes. Um, yeah, we'll get into that. But yeah, I mean, I, I, besides like just like literally repeating what we said about the previous song, like this one literally just is 
just an extension of that kind of thing. Maybe a little different perspective on the story that they were uh, telling in the lyrics and everything. And again, it's, um, um, it's like the lyrics again, like aren't the, like they're not like super poetic by any means. No, but it's like, well, he, not, he talks about that later. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, uh, but it's also just one of these things where it's like, it does have that vulnerability. And I think, um, this one, this one might be one of the the like in twenty twenty two eyes. Like he's blaming them for the relationship. Oh ending. yeah, one hundred percent. It sounds like someone cheated on him. It sounds like, and then there's like feeling no sympathy, feeling no remorse. It's like I'm mad now, and it's angry. And when you're in that, you're you're angry. Yeah, and like like the part it's like uh, reality sinking in. It's your mistakes that brought us here. Yeah, the things you said brought me to my knees. It's like then then the truth hurts so fucking much. It's like he's like everything really is. He's just putting it all on whoever else. And if they did like do some shit and they told him like, hey, I cheated this, this and that at that time, especially with like if it's a first love type thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was probably fucking devastated. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I, and I think like in the perspective, I think having the perspective of his sister probably helped, especially songs like this. Where there is that anger, this is the next the next step of the Kyle energy. Where the fist does go through the wall. Yep. Um, and I think having that perspective of of a woman probably really helped him in this, and not like just getting super misogynistic. But also, maybe he's just also a good guy that doesn't who's getting mad. Maybe put a hole in his wall, but isn't going to call the girl like a bunch of slurs and shit. And yeah. And you gotta you gotta remember that it's like this was two thousand four. Yeah, for sure. So this is weirdly this is progressive for two thousand four. Yeah. Uh, eyes wide shut. Can we just say repeat? <laughs> yeah. Except the end. The piano mm-hmm. in outro is completely out of place. It's so out of place, and it's so like of the time. Of having like a weird little artsy outro in a song. But they did it one time. Yeah. And, and that's um, what's weird. That is. And it's like the, the song Deadbolt by Thrice mm-hmm. has like another random just piano outro. But it's like for a band like Thrice, who even then when they were like doing like the Illusion of Safety and the Artists in the Ambience are a post hardcore band and they weren't as bro y and they had the tinge of like, Oh, they're real musicians, and they sing, and they have clean parts. Um, so it didn't feel as out of place there. But yeah, out of nowhere, it's like okay. But hey, maybe they're just trying to fit a vibe. I don't know. Weird which, choice. Weird. Yeah. Choice. Which leads into Magnolia, where it is the only song with any sort of melodic melodicism at all. Oh yeah. So to me, this song. Uh, my favorite song on this record used to be Top Gun or Color of Money, depending on the day you ask. Yeah. Um, when I went through this this record again, and then I did it again, um, this is the song that I'm like, oh, this is their best song, like, by far on this record. It is, like, the lyrics, like, seem super personal. Yep. Um, and they seem like they really mean something. The Like, the, the vibe of the music fits. And, like, w- since it, it, there is so much melody... Like when it hits like those breakdowns and the heavy parts, like they mm-hmm. are so much heavier. Like the breakdown at the end, where it's like has like the like the clean guitar part, then it's, then it's like da 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 da, 
then some things, you know, goes yeah. into that breakdown. Like that, like literally, I, like I was um, cooking some breakfast the other day um, on Saturday when I was uh, listening to this record for the first time. And I just like felt myself like just like fucking headbanging along, like not like standing there like really doing it, but like bobbing my head. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. Like without like realizing it, without like thinking about it, I was just like, fuck yeah, this is like a super heavy breakdown. Like this is sick. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like that's, this is what they needed right here, especially yep. right in the middle of the record. It's, it's a good break. And I want to repeat exactly what you said. My favorite song was The Color of Money. Listening to this, this was always my second favorite. But listening to it and like, this is what I wish there was more of on the record. And maybe that's why it stands out so much. Because it's not the best melodic hardcore song by any means. Um, But it is like, it's such, this is what I wanted more of. Like the, that one part that's like, it's like, Oh, okay. It's so good. Um, and lyrically, yeah, it's it's the most complicated. Yeah, it's, there's it's, a lot going on on this one, and it's um it's like super like real emotions. Yeah, and it's not just like super. It's not just like angry or like fuck you emotions or anything like that. It's like complicated emotions, and it seems like about a like a, a parent and like maybe a step parent or somebody abusive to that person and it's like and that like they don't have a choice to like they're the kid their mom may be getting abused by like a stepfather and it's like you like i didn't make this or a father whoever yeah and it's like um like they want to talk about it or bring it up but they can't um and then like they feel bad about it but then maybe it is better off than sex if they bring it up then it's like it's gonna go down that bad rabbit hole. It's there's just a yeah. lot of yeah, a lot of different shit in this. I interpreted it differently, but that makes much more sense. I thought it was like uh, a a woman, just a woman that he knew. I didn't think of it as a parent, but yeah, it's about abuse. But like the love that comes with abuse, not love that comes with abuse, but like how hard it is to get out of that. Yeah, and, and like I, I was thinking, a parent just because of the. Um, um, like a choice that wasn't mine to make. Yeah, um, like yeah. I could not choose a way. Like just make him go away. Yeah. But if you're happy, then I'm glad you found him. Yeah. Uh, please help her find her way. It's like there's a lot of vulnerability and a lot of like real emotions in this song. That like even like in the other songs that have some of that. Um, yeah, this one you could tell like probably meant a lot to both of the uh, the Brusos. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, the outsiders. And then we're back on our bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's kind of it's kind of all the same. This one, like it to me, like the outsiders, um, it seems like it's a a straight edge song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um I, I, think I was, when I was reading the lyrics, it's like there's, there's one line. I think a lot of it is about people who fall out of music. Yeah. Um but I think the one that's like the, the three years from now when you turn 21 no longer coming out yeah and then but then there's like you live your life by a broken promise you made to yourself in the seventh grade that's the yeah. straight edge lyric that's the straight edge lyric on the record yeah and so um and i don't think they're a straight edge but i think bruce straight edge i think he was i don't i mean it doesn't matter if he still is or not but because uh we're a couple of edge breakers if you you were curious 
Yeah. Oh, definitely. I definitely broke edge. <laughs> I was definitely, definitely big into straight edge, 16 to 25, but life happens, you know? Um, Sometimes you need that 11 a.m. dog. Yeah. <laughs> That's not normal behavior <laughs> for me. <laughs> I drink very rarely. Um, but yeah, it's like, which is, it's kind of nice because, like, throwdown, we're straight edge and you fucking know it. Yeah, and, it's, kind of, it's like how 18 Visions was a straight edge band, but they had like a, like like an edge song or two. Yeah, and I think the Acacia Strain had a lot of subtle lyrics from what I remember. I have not revisited that band in fucking years. Yeah, that one's going to be a fucking, that one will be bad. <laughs> but I remember their, like, I mean, their singer was the poster boy for straight edge. At Wasn't Diamond, Diamond Cut? Diamond Cut Clothing. Yeah. I, was a, I was a member. <laughs> I bet you were. Um, but yeah, like, but I like it. This is a nice break from the breakup, the parent stuff. It's like, uh, stay, stay, stay in the scene. Um, which yeah. also, like, I mean, you don't gotta. If that's not how your life's going, that's fine. Um, I, young I, young I, people I, keep the shit alive, not the old dogs. So yeah. And I think, especially like when I was younger, um, I it, it was I was kind of almost in that thing. It's like, oh, you fucking said you love this, and this was your thing, but then now you're over fucking at Mulligans or you're at uh, the Neurolux, all these fucking fancy little indie rock shows. Fuck you. Um, it's like you said, hardcore for life, and then it's like I don't go to as many shows as I probably should. Yeah. Like, but it's at the same time, it's like I still love this music and like. The scene, like I still, I am in, like, I'm I'm watching and I'm looking and I dip my toes back in. But yeah, this is definitely a, a young person's game. Yes, yes. And that's why we're talking about old music. Yeah, yeah, because we're fucking old. Yeah. Uh, Mission Impossible Two. Um, I like the end. This is the like at the end of this song. This you is like the end? end? Yeah. <laughs> Keep it's going. Funny. No, it just, is it is funny. No, I like the end because it's just so funny. Like the the pistol, please. Like I can't <laughs> take this. It's just it reminds me. And I'm not gonna name names um, about this, but a guy that like I know and you know, mm-hmm. and like anytime they'd have a breakup, they'd get like not like that angry where they would be like, like I'm gonna grab a gun and do this, but they would have the same energy as that. Well, and I don't know if this is uh, about killing someone. Or killing yourself. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. And it's just like, it's just like, it's just so dramatic. Yes. That was my exact note. And that's why, that's why I liked it. Cause it was so funny. Yeah. I liked it. Not in a good way. Yes. It was like, oh, come on, dude. It's like, we've been with you on this and you're fine. This is the one where it loses some points on the, on the lyrical, does this hold up? And and that's what makes it funny. That's why I liked it because it's like there it is. There's 2004. Okay, we're there. Yeah, yeah. And like I never said I was a fucking poet. And like it's so, it's dramatic. This might be the most angry about the whole situation. Yeah. Uh, the lies, the deceit. Uh, will I ever say? Will I ever say enough is enough? just like i mean as someone who has has been manipulated a lot i kind of feel that but it's like 
Um, you can just you can just like choose to not let people do that at some point in your life. But it took me to being a uh, fucking 33 years old before I did that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so dramatic and like, doesn't necessarily, it fits with everything, but it's just like a step above. Yeah. This is where they go into that. Acacia strain. Yeah. Type territory lyrically of being like, uh, okay, buddy. But also, there's 12 songs on this record and two topics, so it's it's kind of hard to like make it different. A lot of the lyrics are basically the same, just oh, yeah. different words. And except for the last song, yes, it's yes, best lyrics. <laughs> the color of money. So this was, the, I think, probably the first song I I heard from them. Yeah, um, I, I did see um, music. Vi- so the hits like that they were pushing the singles were Magnolia and The Color of Money. Those yeah. were the songs that had videos. Yeah, um, and which I didn't watch. I think maybe we should watch the videos for this show. Um, I I watched The Color of Money one. Um, is that were they in suits in that one? Yeah, it's one where they're in suits, and apparently, uh, listening to Matt Bruso um with on two minutes of late night CD review thing that he does. Yeah. Honestly, if you care about bury your dead at all, that's a really, really, really good interview. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also the Gorsinio hall guy has a picture. Perfect Axel Rose singing voice. <laughs> is, he, is he in makeup in the Bruso one? Yes. Cause I watch his, his wrestling show. We're not wrestlers with, the, or wait, it's different now. It's called not fest wrestling uh, with Colin Young and Alicia tout. Who is a Alicia Toot. Toot. So she's um she is she's basically been a Notfest personality, I think, for a while. She ran a music blog Yap. She does interviews with wrestlers, musicians. Okay. She was a I think she might still be an MLW. Okay. Um, and she did some backstage interviewing during the um I wanna see either double or nothing or all in. Okay, okay. So like um her like i love colin young i love jordan olds um so i know him more from that where he's not in the makeup not doing the gimmick because he's not doing the gimmick he's just wearing makeup that's the only difference yeah he's just a dude and he's in makeup and it's perfect his name's gorsenio hall it's great um it's like if danhausen was cool for all you wrestling fans (laughs) i i sincerely I, I think he's really funny. I think he's really smart. I think he's really interesting. I will say, this is not, this is a really off topic. I miss when it was just him talking about the records for like 10 minutes. Yeah, those are the best videos. But I miss those. But um, it's cool that he's doing these long form themes. Anyways. The point I was going to make. Yes. Was on the music video when they're all wearing the suits, apparently there was supposed to be this big storyline that they really didn't get to. And it was just a bunch of like, Hardcore kids like in suits, like from JC Petty, you know, <laughs> just washing around. Storylines in music videos, especially hardcore music videos or metalcore music videos, are fucking insane. They're usually not good, and there's usually um, like a stupid character walking around with a train, and they throw a and bottle and, down and a mask and a mask, and then, <laughs> then it goes in backwards for whatever reason, and a van drives by and. And sometimes there's where this there's one where the singer of the band is a ghost. Oh yeah, and you can tell he's a ghost because he's in red. And, and then he's most a, he's the devil. 
And a lot of them are are women tied up. Yeah, a lot of women getting injured or like getting like yelled at by like your friends that are ghosts. Yeah. With a um, red light. Or there's the beloved one where he's jumping into a pool. Yeah. Ooh, okay. a lot of a lot of empty warehouse, a lot of deserts, and a lot of uh forests. a lot of like a lot of forests. Yeah. 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 Um <laughs> Risky business. Uh, risky business is good. Yeah. And so, uh, by like by this time in the record, um, this is where I really was feeling the fatigue of it. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't because I just like you know, it's like you get you get Magnolia, you get Color and Money, and then you got some things to round it out and. It's a good record to listen to while you're doing stuff. Like I said, I've mowed the lawn listening to this record twice. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, I'm not tired of it because it's just like, okay, I'm bouncing. I'm having a good time. Yeah, there's there's still some more stuff here. There's there's I mean, there's this is the longest song, isn't it? With that like four minutes and something? Um Yes, four twenty five. And this is the one where it ends with the breakdown. The breakdown. The pause, really heavy breakdown. Yeah, and so like to me, like again, like at the beginning of this song, is just like okay, we're just we're we're back on just everything. Um, it starts like melding together, but also it may just because be because again, I'm listening to what twenty twenty two years. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, this I mean again, like I had a great time listening to this. But at this, I'm like, okay, I'm like, where's that like Magnolia, a couple rips or something, you know? Yep, yep. Just, it needed kind of, the record needed more of that, like one or two more songs, just kind of sporadically spread out that had a little sprinkling of that, a little dust, that cinnamon toast crunch dust is sprinkled Ooh, in. Cinnamon dust. That little sweetness, you know? Yeah. It needs the sweetness by Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> Yo, that song fucking rocks. That's like the only hit of jimmy Eat worlds i think rocks um i love so i'm not gonna go on my jimmy Eat world tangent like i always go on weezer tangents i love two yeah. jimmy Eat world records i think the middle is overplayed and i'm a kind of sick of it but if it comes on and i just heard the red hot chili peppers i'm into it that's what i'll say <laughs> <laughs> there it is um, I also the song "You Crossed the Line from the Enemy to Casualty the Day You Disrespected Me." That's kind of <laughs> sick. Yeah, um, that, that I'll say when he said he wasn't a poet a couple songs ago, he went and just fucking proved us wrong right there. Yeah, and he proved us wrong on the last song. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, the last song um, with "Color of Money." Like the, we didn't. Oh really no, I mean the very last song of the, oh, of the record. Okay. <laughs> I think we didn't really go through it as much because I feel like that one's just like if anybody knows a barrier dead song, it's that, it's one. that one. Yeah. And like again, I think it goes a little bit more it's not necessarily with his relationship. No, this is this is definitely this is definitely like uh the father coming yeah. back. Yeah, and so I I don't know, like that one again, like it's like when he shows that side of himself, I think the song's just like become way more relatable and i think those why like some of those songs are the fucking hits because like it's like they do have that connection and also they're just like musically the best songs too it's like yep the best songs have they're, struct- like, they're structured the best yeah it's 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 so much like you can just tell the difference between this and then like no offense to like legend i think legend's a great song 
but it's just like that one's just a, another track on this record where Magnolia and, and Cover Color of Money are like the ones, you know. Yeah. Um but yeah, getting into getting into legend now. Um this one's another 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 family one. Yeah. Uh this one's about how the mom raised him as a, as she was a kid. So I'm guessing like she was a, a teenage mom and had to fucking struggle so that they could be happy. And I like it. I like lyrically, I like it. Yeah. Musically it's fine. Yes. It's Musically it's a barrier dead song. Yes. Lyrically it is really cool and like um not cool like the like just he is expressing all these emotions and everything and um it's it's almost like a like some of them were like a not necessarily blaming but it's like kind of getting some things off his chest yes and then this one is like um is almost like uh like hey like you were in there like with the shit with us like like as i got older i knew i like i knew i owed it all to you oh my you to you we both know what you've been through Yes. Um, and so it's just like um almost like hey like yeah I have all this other shit and pent up things but I understand like you were also going through it with us and like thank you for what you were able to do, you know. Yeah, and uh, I mean as a mom guy, I I love this shit. I remember there's a I am also a mom guy. Yeah, there's a remembering <laughs> never song um called Selma. And I fucking, it's off of God Save Us, which is, I don't know if people like that. I loved it. I don't know how it, um, how it holds up, but, um, I, I, we'll, I think we'll get I like to that it. one. It's um, their children is like, it's the one. Yeah. And talking about fucking long songs. So oh, we'll get, yeah. we'll get to it eventually. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll just say it now of this ilk. This specific era, Remembering Never was my band, and probably the reason I left the church um, was just listening to it so much and be like, yeah. You left, you left the church because it was noon and it was time to go home. <laughs> or to go yell at some wait staff at a local Denny's. Uh, we, Applebee's Olive Garden, all right? Get it right. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Olive Garden, if we're feeling fancy, Applebee's if we're going with a bunch of people. Um, for us over in Caldwell, it was the Sunrise Cafe or the Golden Palace. That that sounds much better, honestly. Golden Palace is great. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in our food podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? What's better than two podcasts? Three. The Host Reside Podcast Network. <laughs> um. Anyway, I love mom. I love moms. My mom. I love mom. I love mom songs. You love moms? Go on. Yeah, I love milfs. <laughs> you just went with it. Yeah. Uh, all the right moves. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, again, it's like... there. Yeah. I think this is one of the most just there songs for me. And I think it's because it is, like, essentially the last full song. And so yeah. it's like, okay, we're we're doing this. We're almost there. We're almost at the finish line. Um, And again, like, I think when listening to this like on an album it just doesn't have that impact like when you're at a show like yeah. or if they if they would have played if they play this record front to back i'm probably moshing the whole time even now yes am i yeah. am i probably not going to work the next day if that happens yes but yeah. um yeah like i would i'd mosh and i'd 
probably sing along and I'd have a great time. But on this one, you said there's no skippable tracks. I'd probably skip this one. Yeah, yeah. This would be the one. Like, and if if I'm like the record label, I'm like, no, you can cut this one, and it wouldn't change anything on the record, and no. it would put it under thirty minutes. Exactly, but that's probably why they have it because it was Victory Records, and, and they there put was it over thirty. There's a point where records had to have twelve songs, and they had to be thirty minutes. I remember one time, I got, I paid. $20, I think, for a Joyce Manor record. Why would you do that? Well, I was really into Joyce Manor at the time. And re- revisiting this record, it's all, all things I will soon grow tired. It's really good, but it's like, after their last record, it's totally different, and it's 12 minutes long for the oh. entire record. And it's like, I spent this... That's that's a lot of money for this record. That's a lot of money for 12 minutes. Yeah, but... um, And it was weird. It was really weird. And I like it now, but at the time, I was, I was very disappointed. There's a lot of records that we'll probably visit now that, like, at the time, I'm like, fuck this. And then, like, now I'm like, oh, that's not bad. I get it. There's a lot of records I'll be like, oh, I was really into it. Wow. Yeah, that too. Wow. It's going to be that. And, you know, let's do it. Losing it. This is the song. Uh, Like, it's... It's... Yeah. The lyrics are, Bury your fucking dead. It starts out... It's got just that that drum... That drum intro. And then, then it just hits. It is... I... Not, I think this might be the first song I heard like this, where it was like an intro. Even though on this record it's an outro, but yeah. it was an intro. It just, I, to me, it just like wraps up the record the way that it needs to. Yeah. And, and it just shows like how much this should be, like this is just meant to be in a live form because it is just the fucking lead up to a breakdown, the kick drums calling it out. Mm-hmm. They're just holdouts on guitar, and then all they do, and this is built for the pit, yep. is just yell, bury your fucking dead. Yep. And that's it. Yep. And I don't remember the live DVD, because I've only listened to the intro one million times. Um, do they start and end with it? Uh, I don't remember. I did not watch the DVD, but I want to say probably. Wait, you ne- you've never watched it? Oh, I've watched it. I just oh, okay, it. okay. Yeah, I, I haven't watched it watch recently. The DVD. No, that's that's too much work. Let me see if it's on the track listing. Um, oh, no, they don't start with it. They just end with it. Okay, they don't start with it. No, they do start with it. Let's start the night off right. Barrier fucking dead. And then, then they go into Top Gun. Yeah, that makes sense. Do they play this, the record in order? No, they don't. Okay. No. That would be weird. Uh, but yeah, then they, they end with losing it. So they do start and end with it, which rocks. I think you kind of need to. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it just, it's a great way to like, especially like at a metalcore show at the time, like you want to have that last, like, like last thing be like a big fucking mosh part, last chance to dance. Like I want to see this place explode, open this shit up. Yeah. Like wall to wall, front to back, side to side. Show me what you got, you know. Yeah, yeah. Shake what your mommy gave you. 
No, not that. Oh, there was a band that had that. It probably was Throwdown. Um, there was a band from here that said "Get Dirty." What band was that? Was that you? Was that no. Leroy? No. Oh, I want to say it was like uh, was it Donna Normandy or Versailles? It was one of those two. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I got some stories with this. So, for okay. those who are unaware, um, Will Smith sang this song on stage with them once. Yeah. Um, that's real sick. They were on Ozfest, just hanging out with fucking Jada Pinkett Smith's band. Uh, Wicked Wisdom. Let's put some respect. I forgot the name. I'm sorry. I showed um, Jenna like a while back, and it's like it isn't good, but it's also way heavier than you fucking think. Yeah, and yeah. it's like she also like didn't need to do that, and didn't need to be like on side stage on a fucking Ozfest in 2005. Um, and she just fucking went for it, which is super cool. And then there is a video of more recently of Willow covering one a couple of their songs. Oh, um, interesting. Like for, a, for a present for her mom. There's like live videos of it. And it's cool. And it's like with the members of the band too. So that rocks. There's, there's a little wicked wisdom trivia for you. But funny story that Matt Bruce had told was that apparently during losing it and he he went on stage and did that with him, he um he saw videos of it that like some of his friends took. He didn't say fucking. No, lived, of course he, he didn't. He lived the gimmick. And yeah. so it was Barry or put the mic out dead. And Matt Brusso apparently didn't know he was doing that until after. Yeah. But and that's fucking cool. And Will Smith lived the gimmick until uh, Chris Rock insulted his wife at the Oscars. Yeah, that's a whole thing that we're <laughs> not going to get into. No, 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 no. Uh, the other story is you, me, and uh, Nate Congleton were, were at a, a show, and I don't know why we were there, but that band Confide was playing. Um, I think that was the show Confide, somebody else, Misery Signals. I oh, okay. Damn. I want to say Misery Signals. Was they on. toured with some shitty bands. Yo, I would too. Yeah, that's true. But when they were, when they were I, headlining, they were touring with some shitty bands. It was Confide, Ghost Inside, Misery Signals, Bring Me the Horizon. Oh, that's why I was there. Ghost Inside and Misery Signals? Yeah, right right there. I remember that show. Uh, there were Bring Me the Horizon children in front, and Brian and I wanted to stand in front for Misery Signals. Like, yo, we'll give you your spot back. You're going to get crushed if you don't move. Please move. And I, remember the, I remember this show because it, it was um, – Right by my birthday. Oh, and I, okay. And I, I remember because um, an old friend of both of ours, Kylie, gave me money to buy a Misery Signal shirt. Hell yeah. For my birthday. Hell so yeah. That was very nice. Shout out, Kylie. Thank you. That was very nice of you. Yeah. Shout out, Kylie. Um, we, I saw her at a wedding. Dave Miller's wedding recently. <laughs> recently, like five years ago. Um, then, okay. So Confide opens with a breakdown. And I don't remember if it sounded the same, but in our heads, it, it sounded the same. It was it was the same. So you, me, and him started yelling, Barry, you're fucking dead. Everyone in the crowd um, yells, Barry, you're fucking dead. And I don't know if I just think this is cooler, so I remember it this way, or if it actually happened. I feel like they stopped playing it. They did. They just stopped. Like, yeah. They didn't, like, complete it. They just stopped. Yeah. And... 
Oh, that was funny. That was one of the one of the We're, top top two moments of my my show life. Your show shitheadness. Yeah, you know the you know the other one. We'll get to that. I don't know here, but we'll I, we get won't to get it. to it. We won't talk about the Wonder Years on this podcast. That's what I said. I don't know about here, but we'll get to it. Yeah, so uh, in life we'll get to it. Uh, but yeah, that's the record. Um, and then we'll, we'll get into like so one of the other big barrier dead things for us was um years yes. ago yes i got i got so sick i was in the hospital life support almost died probably should have um, coma for a month yeah i was i missed a whole month of october um barrier dead and throwdown were going to the playing going to be playing a show together in boise in november mm-hmm. i wake up like on halloween mm-hmm and it's like November like seventh or something. It's like a week. I got like a week or two weeks to to get from being dead to going to a barrier text show. Yeah, I get a text that's just a bunch of fucking characters. Yeah, and I still really couldn't talk, but I was like pointing at the calendar. I'm saying I'm gonna get out for Barrier Dead. Yep. And I fucking did. Yeah. And like yeah. I could barely walk. Like I was like out of breath, like walking to the bathroom just because like I had a viral pneumonia that almost killed me. And so my lungs are all fucked up, but I fucking went to that barrier dead show and I stood, they put me at a real nice spot side stage so I can be out of the way, but still like be like right there because people at the venue are always great to me. Um, yeah, you, I mean, you're, you're a local legend. I mean, <laughs> when it, when it came to that kind of stuff, you, I mean, you were in band since you were what, like 15. Yeah. And like you played the venue more than, more than probably any local band, I want to say. I got to say, me and Thomas got to be like right like yeah. neck and neck. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, and in our small little scene of weirdos, like people know who you are, and then in Caldwell, people knew who I was, which yeah, was even, weird. They even knew me now, as the funny guy. Even now, it seemed like when we played a show recently, I'm like, oh, people kind of still know who we are. Yo, people came out. Yeah, that was cool. People came out of the Mulligans, the Mulligans basement for that <laughs> show. <laughs> That was cool to see, but no, yeah, it felt like that. It's like, oh, people care about us. Like that's cool, and like it was just cool, like for like the venue people to do that. I walked in. I even had money. They're like, no, no, you're not paying. Like they like walked me over to the front. They like, hey, if you need a chair, we got a chair reserved for you over here. When well, there wasn't chairs at the venue, no, there wasn't a there, place you could sit. There were chairs for the merch guys. Yeah, and so they had a chair. Like if I needed to sit down, and um, but yeah, bear your dead helped me get out of the hospital. Yeah, and it. It fucking rocked. I remember that. And that's when I realized like a plea for purging sounded like a like uh I'm pretty sure it was a plea for purging. I may be wrong. It may have been Abacab. I always get those two bands confused. Um just similar. They both start with A's and I didn't like them. Yeah. But it sounded like a motorcycle that was idling. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like every now and then it's like rum, 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 Dog, remember rum, that? Remember that in the pit when people would do the motorcycle thing? That was oh, fucking yeah. that was stupid. I was. I can't say that I, I. I can't say that I didn't do it, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's, let's score re- this. Let's score this. Yeah. So we didn't talk about this. Do you want to score it one to five or one to ten? Go one to five. Okay, that's easier. Uh, let's do Moshworthy. <sighs> oh, that's a fucking five. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's all mosh parts, and they're good. Mosh. It's mosh, and it's great mosh parts. There's so many two steps. There's so many mosh parts. If you like to run in a circle, there's parts for that too. Um, yeah, this is built for the pit. This is a pit record. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, repeatability. Um, tracks, um, like one through like 10. Yeah. Like, I have listened to this for this. I was listening to this. I've listened to it probably three times. I did a, I did a car listen. Um, I did a, a sit, sit and read the lyrics. Listen. Um, and I did a, uh, mow the lawn listen today and I wasn't sick of it. Um, I mean, repeatability, Magnolia, Top Gun, Color of Money, like a lot. I'd repeat those. So I think, I think, but I wasn't too fatigued. And I have to think about the other records we're going to talk about. Um, As a record as a whole, I think a four. Yeah, I would say like to me, we'd be looking at about, because this one's still like, especially the top songs. They still hit my rotation like to this day. Yeah, and, and that's why I, like, I that's almost what, eighteen years ago. Yeah, so I got to give it like a four as well because it yeah. like I, I'll still like put on some like you go to the Spotify and you have the top songs. Like I'll skip like some of the new ones, but it's like like I, I'm listening to House of Straw. I'm listening to Top Gun. I'm listening to Magnolia. I'm listening to Color of Money. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm listening to Twelve Stroke of Midnight. <laughs> that's another one from Beauty and the Breakdown, but. You yeah, their I mean? fucking like, fairy tale theme one. That was weird. That's a great record. We're gonna talk about that one. <laughs> yeah, we, we will. Are actually talking about that one. Um does it hold up? Um three. Yeah. My gut music, reaction's three. Lyrically, it's much better than I expected. Yes. Um musically, yeah, it holds up, but it is it's very simple. It's so simple, and then also like I said, like my big critique of the whole, throughout the whole thing was it bleeds together into one kind of one big song. Um, yes, yes. It, and so I think that's where it maybe doesn't hold up as much. And also the, the production for me is like somebody pretends that they like can like record and demo songs. I'm like listening to it. I'm like, oh my god, this sounds like ass sometimes. Yeah, I have a friend who another band will get to is Killswitch, who cannot listen to them. Because of the way the guitars sound. Who's that? Taylor Dickey. Taylor Dickey. So he's not into Dickey. He's not into heavy music anymore. But like I remember we had this conversation like ten years ago. But he just he can't get past the way the guitars sound. Oh my god. Like Killswitch guitars sound so there's like, great. There's like oh. a tinniness to him that he hears. Mm-hmm. And there there, there is a, there's a bit of high end because they put so much gain. And they compress it down so much, but mm-hmm. it is so shiny and perfect for what they play. Yeah, I, I love their I love their production for their records. But yeah, for their style of metalcore. We'll yeah. get to them. We'll we'll get into them. And there's there's some I don't know about when it comes to them. I don't know anything with their original vocalist. So that was, oh, I was just breathing is really fucking good. See, I was I really liked I really liked Howard Jones. That singer that was, was that his name? Yeah. Okay. Um, aesthetic. Um, I mean, they fit the mosh look. They fit the uh, mosh look, and they fit the. I mean, they fit the 2004 look. The suits, like yeah. they, they. I don't think they ever played in suits. Um, the record cover is, um, a guy in a suit with his things crossed. A girl 
uh, dressed um, uh, provocatively provocatively for the time, which means she's wearing a crappie thing she's that shows her midriff, midriff, and barely any cleavage. And what is she holding? A string? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I I think a string because I think it's supposed to be kind of like their mafia, and that's why oh. they're in suits because it's like a pinstripe suit. Yeah, and so it's like they're gonna murder people. Yeah. And she murdered his heart. Yeah. They, when I mean, you look at pictures of them, they look like they'd be in a band called Bury Your Dead. Yeah. They would be playing breakdowns. But I'll, I'll, I'll give it a 4.5. I'm going to give it a 3.5. Oh, okay. I want, I want either more or less suits. Okay. Well, either I'm going to go, go one way or the other. Um, let's talk about influence. Um, I think they are kind of influential. Reason being is a lot of metalcore bands started doing riffs like them, Mm -hmm. but they were also just lifting from Slipknot. But like nobody was doing that at the time. Well, as Jordan Owens will tell you, uh, Gwarsenial Hall, Slipknot is a hardcore band. Yeah. Um, and I think without the gimmick, Slipknot would have been a band that played the venue. With Hatebreed. Yeah, they never would have gotten any bigger. Um, they but, would have been about the level of Hatebreed, I think. Um, yeah. Because Corey and, Taylor is a fucking perfect front man. Phenomenal. That's, that is so different. That's a different podcast. Yeah, but I think, I think, I think a couple Slipknot records or metalcore records and fit for this. Um, but um, yeah, like I I remember when I heard Slipknot for the first time, I was like, oh, this is Bury Your Dead with more guitars, clean singing, but the tone is Bury Your Dead. Yeah, and there was a lot of bands that like after Bury Your Dead was kind of starting to get a bit of hype. Yeah. Started adding in that tone. And then like it was popularized like for like scene metal like that scene metalcore mallcore stuff by Bring Me the Horizon. Like Yo, that record eight. That record is buried. Like it feels so much like Barrier Dead to me, but like maybe better. Maybe there's, better. There's a lot more cohesion and songwriting that goes into that record. And there's a lot more like differentiality. Yeah. But like there was literally a band called Legend. That sounded exactly like Bury Your Dead. Um, I think, especially for like a live experience and like having like that live DVD. Yep. Um, I think they were fairly influential in that, but at the same time, like, like you don't necessarily hear stuff like anybody doing like a Bury Your Dead rip. Yeah, yeah. I have only two examples. So there's uh, there's Bring Me the Horizon. And then there's specifically that one stick to your gun song, the move song. That's an intro song. Yeah. And that had to have been influenced by Bury Your Dead. It doesn't sound like Bury Your Dead, but it's an intro song. So I don't think I, I agree. I don't think there's a ton. I think I think But I will say, as a gateway band, yes. they were a big gateway band because from them and like the different tours they would do. Yeah. They would do like a kill switch tour or like a metal tour. 
and then they would do a tour with like terror mm-hmm. and like with hardcore bands mm-hmm. and so you got it like they were a, such a good gateway band to get into real hardcore yeah yeah i would i would i would agree with that um i'll give it a 2.5 right in the middle um yeah that is in the middle yeah i'm gonna go two. okay um so the final score where are you so we got uh for mosh worthy we got five for repeatability we got four for does it hold up we got three for aesthetic we got four and for influence we got 2.25 giving it a total score of 18.25 out of 25 so 18.25 that is not bad i think that's i think that's really fair i think that's going to be on the high end of the spectrum too yeah yeah i mean i there's a lot of things i think the good stuff i think misery signals i think i've i've dabbled it dabbled in cave-in i think that's gonna be real high oh yeah um i got it at cave-in for like a good week once and it was a good week i'm i'm curious as to things i've never heard um that are gonna surprise me so yeah. i am and like what if i go back and listen to chiodos and it holds up it doesn't <laughs> that was yeah i know it, it doesn't it, it didn't then <laughs> god i fucking i loved it oh it's bad um but yeah um well my stomach felt weak and my work here is done I don't know what that is. That's Chiodas lyrics. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So that's that's cover your tracks, but bury your dead. I think we covered all the tracks. So we covered the tracks. Um uh, we talked about this on the last episode we recorded. This is the first coming out though. I don't know how to end it. We have another podcast called Genuine Wrestle Boys, and I we've been doing it for five years. I have a very clear way to end it. It's a very um, clear cadence with the exact same words. It's like it's boom, it's it's boom, real easy. Boom. It's it's real easy to just like to end it. And this is a totally different show. We want a totally different vibe. There's just two of us. We're not talking about wrestling. I mean, we're obviously going to talk about a little wrestling, but we're not talking about cum. Yeah, <laughs> which is weird. Yeah. Um this was much cum. this is much less silly. We have a cum chat. This is much less silly than I thought. Um but you know what? We're talking about metalcore, so and we're tired of crying, tired of sleeping alone. Yeah. So um yeah. Last I, chance to dance. Well, no, first I want to shout out people. Okay, shout um, out. I, really just youth at, youth energy for our artwork. He fucking killed it. It's exactly it's so sick. It is like I want to just steal that and just use it for like a like a fucking project musically because it is so good. Um, yeah, you'll see that on there. It's awesome. Um, follow us on all of our socials. Which yeah, you we know. got them. Let's get uh, get in the pit podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I think I got the same on both. Uh, that could be wrong. Uh, I, I didn't look them up, but um, you know what? I'll check. Whatever. This is this is not a perfect show, and that's okay. This is, this is not a perfect circle. No.
They're not metalcore. So yeah, get in the pit pod on t- Instagram and on Twitter. Um, also, how do you find your name on Twitter? Oh, I switched I to it. I switched to it. Get in the pit pod. So both get in the pit pod on both things. Uh, follow us on there. Uh, hit us up um, through those channels if you have any questions, suggestions. Uh, leave us a review on your your podcasting app of choice, because um, I guess people we want people to hear us. Yeah, sh- share this around to anybody that you know that loves this style of music, metalcore, and sometimes longs for the days of uh, the venue while you're sitting at Mulligan's, not going to shows today. Yeah, um, and I'm just joking, everybody. I'm not trying to be a dick. Yeah, not on not on this podcast. That's for the other one. Yeah, yeah. Did fuck <laughs> Um, but uh yeah thanks for listening we really appreciate it and uh this is your last chance motherfuckers get in the pit